Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're going to discuss insecure attachment and how it creates pretty much every psychological issue we have today. Note. So this is a question I received from a listener. Something that I discuss a lot on this show, this podcast, is uh, the that we live in the age of insecure attachment. We live in the age of attachment disorder and how this creates pretty much every yeah, psychological issue we have. And this listener's question is, well, did we ever have secure attachment? Were we ever securely attached? And I think this is a good question because if we look at, if we did have secure attachment at some point, or at least more secure attachment, even for a small time frame, this will show us what we need to do to get it back in a sense. And just to be clear what I mean by secure attachment, a great example, or, or I think a great litmus test for whether you have a secure attachment in your life, whether you are securely attached, is if everything that you can say in therapy you can say with family members close family members you know your wife girlfriend husband boyfriend whatever and maybe even close friends so in a sense you don't go around hiding who you are especially to the people who are closest to you you know people often ask when you're done with group therapy I'm, I'm a big proponent of group therapy not for analyzing your situation but you come do therapy with me, in a sense, we intellectualize what's going on. I, I can show you exactly what's going on in your psychology, you know, the, the emotional pitfalls that you fall into, let's say. I can show you exactly what's going on, but that's not going to solve the issue, right? That'll make you aware of the problem, but that doesn't change the behavior. Group is one of the best ways to change behavior because it really helps us process emotions. It keeps our emotions right on the surface, so it makes our action just more a part of who we are. A lame quotation, but it's true. The longest distance is between the head and the heart, meaning it's easy to get something, but that doesn't mean you're going to act on it. That doesn't mean you're going to do anything. Group is one of the best ways to get guys to do what they really know they need to do to make the, their lives healthier after they already know what they need to do. So yeah, so when are you done with group? Well, you're done with group when you can talk to your family, talk to your friends the way that you talk in group. You don't hide anything. You're not going around trying hedging and seeing, oh, should I bring this up? Should I not bring that up? That's really when you know when you're done. I mean, group isn't an end in itself. It is a stepping stone. I think all groups are, in a sense, family groups. They're there because we to show us how we need to talk to our family. They're there to train us how to talk with our family. So we can do that and we can connect with people and this, of course, leads to emotional regulation naturally. I mean, I think every problem that you see, every psychological issue that you see around you, probably even more than psychological issues, what you typically think to be psychological issues, the obesity issue, that's a psychological issue in a sense. All this stems from insecure attachment, you know, a depression, substance abuse, uh, dopamine addiction, environmentalism, you know, any kind of political fervor, you know, being unable to talk with people who may seem like they're on the opposite end of the political spectrum. Pretty much anything that would lead you to make a stupid post on Facebook, that all stems from attachment disorder. So how did attachment disorder arise? How do we get to this place where we just want to go around hiding who we are from the people who are closest to us? Well, I think the, a good way to think of, of it is what happened with the health and fitness industry. Now, 100 years ago, there was no obesity problem. I mean, you look at photos from 100 years ago, like some of those Coney Island pictures, or even from, honestly, uh, 20 or 30 years ago, and 
people simply are not overweight. But what happened? Well, let's go back to the, the 1920. What happened uh, around 1920? Did we lose any? Did, did we forget key bits of information about health and fitness? No, what happened was, is before 1920 or thereabouts, we didn't have enough resources to be overweight. We didn't have to know that much about health and fitness. I mean, right now we know way more, a hundred thousands of times more of information about health and fitness than we knew in 1920, but the obesity rate is much higher. I mean, I, I saw it's like approaching 70 or 75% or something. So what happened? Now we are put in this environment where it's much easier to become obese, but before we weren't in this environment. Um, and now, what, what, what are we doing? We're learning about something like, let's say, insulin, which 100 years ago we didn't know that much about, but now we do, and we do know about it because we were put in this environment. So I'm not saying we need to go back to 1920. I'm saying is we need to learn more about the mechanisms behind what causes us to gain weight, and that's what we are doing, and at least a certain percentage of the population is even healthier than the healthiest person in 1920. It's just about learning the information and, and being able to put that to use, which I think is going to take some regulation in itself. And that's the same thing with attachment disorder. 100 years ago, 150 years ago, we lived in relatively small groups of people, you know, not hunter-gatherers back to 10,000 years ago, but we lived in relatively small insular communities. And there's a downside to this, you know, very little upward mobility. You're going to do what your dad does. That's it. You don't have a lot of choice in life, which, you know, for some people, maybe that's a good thing because then you don't have to make choices and choices are psychologically challenging. But I would challenge you to build up your psychology so you can get to the place where you can make your choices for yourself. That's an aside. So we were living in these small knit communities 100 years ago, 150 years ago. You know, everybody was pretty much the same religion. Um, everybody was pro uh, the same race, if not eth eth ethnicity. So there wasn't a lot of challenge to connection. You know, you, you grew up, everybody knew pretty much everything about you. There were fewer things to distract us, like computer screens, YouTube, where you're watching this now, right? There's just fewer things to distract us, so it was easier to stay connected. So all that happened is now we went into this wealthier, better environment, I would argue, but we didn't have the intellectual, the psychological wherewithal to manage it, like what gave rise to the obesity epidemic. It's not that we were better in 1920. It's not that, that we were tougher. We just didn't have the option to be obese. Now we have the option to be obese. Now you have the option to be tuned out on Facebook, making silly posts about environmentalism or politics or whatever else that you think matters. But it's really just... a uh, a symptom of your attachment disorder. So that's what happened. So all we need to do, what, what did we do in health and fitness? Well, we learned about the mechanisms behind what causes obesity. And that's the same thing we need to do with psychology. That's, that's why I argue we've done here, learn about the mechanisms, the precise emotional mechanisms behind what causes psychological obesity, or what I would say psychological incontinence, right? Just finding yourself doing things, not being house trained psychologically, find yourself doing things that you don't want to do, or you can't stop doing things that you need to stop doing, right? In either way. And Maybe just as an aside, I would say what contributed to attachment disorder is wars of the 20th century. 
and I only say this not to make a political point because, you know, foreign involvement uh, in wars is, uh, I don't know if it's a hot button issue, but it's something that I just think is really silly and we waste a lot of money on. I don't think I'm alone there. But, um, yeah, the wars, the, the wars of the 20th century, the World War One. I, I would say even World War Two, Vietnam, maybe to a lesser extent Korea. And I, and I say this because, you know, people with familial issues, you just ask, just ask them where this comes from. Oh, it comes from my dad. Okay, well, what was his relationship with his grandfather? Oh, it, his grandfather was abusive. Okay, well, what was uh, his grandfather or your great-grandfather like? Oh, well, you know, he was in World War Two. And he came back and he just stopped talking. He started to drink too much. And this is, just in my experience as an American guy, I talk with mostly American people, this would be maybe 75% of what I see, like just at least in the recent past, what is causing a lot of this attachment disorder. Okay, well, your grandfather's not talking. Now your mom's going to be tuned out. Now your father grew up in a place where he couldn't talk to anybody and that's what he's going to create for you unless he goes in and manages those psychological issues. But that's why we're here, to not only put a stop to our own trauma, but to the trauma of the family. We do free consultations, animusempire.com slash schedule. I'm only answering questions for the month of March. If you have a question for me, animus at animusempire.com. Thank you guys, and I'll leave it there. And always remember to manage your attachment disorder so you don't make stupid posts on Facebook.